From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 517. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. My name is Brad Dowdy, and today I'm joined by... Wait, who am I joined by today? Who is the, who is who was on the other end of this line? Hello. <laughs> hey, friends. <laughs> it's April from Penguins Creative. Hey, April. How are you? <laughs> how are you, Brad? Oh, my God. I'm so happy you asked me to come back on <laughs> to the show. You... I mean... I, I'm going to just go ahead and, and get into it. You are such a treat to talk to. I've gotten to know you a little bit more over the last couple of years as I've watched you grow as a, ah, as a stationary creator a and fan. now <laughs> working in the business. And we, ha- we have an insane amount to talk about. And we talk reasonably frequently. Like we know a little bit of each other's business, like what's going on. And we check in every now and then. But I, I just think there's so much to talk to you about today that I th- I'm really excited to get you on the podcast and and uh, give our listeners a little peek inside of uh, all things uh, April and all things Penguins Creative. I got to ask you this, and I was thinking when I was writing the show notes for this, and I'm going to I'm gonna go straight off the notes from the jump. Okay. I had you on the Panatic Members show called um, Friend of the Show. Yep. I can't remember, and I didn't go back and listen to it because I'm terrible at show preparation. Did I ask <laughs> you where the name Penguins Creative came from? I don't know that I did. Oh, no. I don't remember as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those fun names that happened along the way, right? I can I can kind of go over it again, though. I, I actually don't know if I ever shared it, but it used to be Penguins R Us, you know, like Toys mm-hmm. R Us. And because I love penguins. Like uh, in high school, I do know penguins. It's my thing. Everyone's like, she's the penguin girl. And then like when I brought it back to Taiwan, I was I went to college in Taiwan and no one got the Toys R Us reference, like the joke didn't <laughs> translate. So I had to switch it to Penguins Creative. Um, when it translates to Chinese, it's more like understandable because I was doing some doodles online back then. And and that name just mm-hmm. stuck till now. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's let's start. You, you said you were doing doodles online back then. But before that, when did you figure out that, you know, you were into this whole stationary thing that we're all like so crazy passionate about. When did you realize like you had a stationary problem and you were like hunting down all the stationary and you had to have the things? Was Were you a kid? Was it later in life in school? Tell me about that. I kind of interpreted that question a different way, but I've always <laughs> like, I feel like I've always had a stationary problem. I was always <laughs> into stationary as a kid. I grew up in mm-hmm. Taiwan. What do you expect? Like Asia, Asian stationary is the thing. It's it's been top of people's mind, you know, as a school kid, as a high schooler, as like a college student, you're you're always accessing tons of amazing pens and products. But March 6, 2015, I was in the middle of the woods in a long queue. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> when I knew I had a stationary problem. <laughs> okay, you gotta elaborate on this. <laughs> <laughs> it was a creator's market. So uh, 2015 was when like stationary um, washi tapes really started taking off. A lot of creators were making amazing washi tapes. And then a few creators decided to do this fun thing where they decided to host a craft fair, a kind of like a market thing in the middle mm-hmm. of the mountains, kind of like a nature <laughs> thing. And mm-hmm. it's like an hour and a half away from my house. I had to take the bus, took the train, transferred to another bus, walked up this trail, like 
up into this clearing in the woods and then stood in queue because we all love queuing in Taiwan. That's an inside <laughs> joke. <laughs> um, but I was in that queue for two hours um, to finally get to that booth where I met Hank's Diary, who's an amazing um, illustrator and creator in Taiwan, even up to today, to buy a limited edition washi tape. So that's when I knew I had a stationary okay. problem. <laughs> you officially win. I, I don't know what it is that you win, but you just you just you just won the the stationary internet. You you're the winner. That is outrageously cool, and everyone here is going. Whoa, she did what? And they're also going, yeah, I'd probably do the same thing. You guys would probably do the same if it's like a special (laughs) limited edition fountain pen. You do the same. (laughs) I mean, it was only $50 worth of washi tape, but still. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So at the at the time you're you're doing this, you're you're queuing up in the mountains for for washi tape. Mm -hmm. Are you just using all these things for your personal use? Have you started to publish things online? You know, what was that time like in just, you know, the way you were using stationery? That was truly the beginning um, of my, I guess, peak stationery journey. I have several peaks throughout my life so far, but I I didn't get into stationery as hard as I do now. Uh, Not until like 2014, the end of 2014. I just came back from like this, like, grueling grinding job in Thailand. I was working at a factory as like a purchaser and it Mm -hmm. was like a six day a week grind and I did nothing creative. And in 2014, um, end of 2014, my aunt gifted me a Hobonichi, the English planner. And then that's also when I decided to kind of take a gap year for myself to prep for grad school. I was going to apply to grad school in the U.S. And for that year, with that Hobonichi, I was like, okay, I'm going to write in this every single day and put stickers on them and draw through those so that I really make the best use of my everyday. Or I would feel like none of the days were wasted away. And so um, around that time was when I really jumped full, like two feet straight into this rabbit hole on the internet. Mm-hmm. I was in all these like Hobonichi user groups. I was in the Traverse Notebook forum and I was kind of getting into pens, but still the the cheaper ends of things, <laughs> not, the, mm-hmm. not the deep end yet. And I was just, you know, using them on a daily basis in my Hobonichi um, throughout 2015. And 2015, at the end of 2015, around September was when I officially like moved to the U.S. for grad school. So I, I was I was without a job. I didn't have anywhere I needed to go. <laughs> I was just <laughs> my whole life that year was just stationary. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. stationary stores every other day. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Um, so I, I think about that time like that's really not that long ago. But then like probably you and I could sit here and think about like that's ages ago and like the, like the things that we use and like how our tastes have changed. But it's funny. It's as busy and as active as like the communities have were at that time, I think it's just still like a straight line trajectory up from then till now. Like it, it has not stopped. Absolutely. At least in, in my yeah. perspective. Yeah. A hundred percent. So is that when all the, uh, you, you started to do like the Instagram and started sharing more of your, your things online, you're starting to meet people and learning more stuff online. Is that around when you're like your Instagram started? Like what was your first kind of stationary social media platform? That, and when did that start? That was the same time, 2015, okay. 20, that's what I was thinking. Early 2015. So 
up till March, I haven't been sharing much. I I did share that in the woods experience with the Hobonichi users groups. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then after that, I started my Instagram account. I rebranded from Penguins R Us to Penguins Creative. And <laughs> I uh, started sharing my Hobonichi spreads. So that was how it began. And I turned on YouTube. I think that was when YouTube creators and like planner planner journaling videos were Mm -hmm. starting to take Mm -hmm. off as well. And I watched those on a daily basis and I was like, I could do some of these. So I started my YouTube channel. I started posting on Instagram and then started being super active. Like I somehow became one of the moderators in the Hobonichi users group throughout that year. And then when time comes for me to go to the US, I was like, I've been talking to all these people on the other side. Like, uh, and uh, via English, obviously, I was connecting with all these people in the U.S. over Hobonichi. I was like, can we meet up? Like, can I actually find these people? <laughs> <laughs> and so, and that was my first time in the U.S. I was like, I need to make friends. I have no idea what this world is like. So I was in Boston. And I was traveling to all these cities. And I, whenever I travel, I would put a shout out in the group. Be like, hey, mm. anyone uses Hobonichi? Do you want to meet up? And I know being that person myself that people like us are dying to talk about pens and like journals <laughs> and stuff to people who would listen to us. So, yeah. so those shout outs worked. And I actually got to like through the internet, through being in these Facebook groups, got to meet a lot of people and make friends in different cities actually and build like a very solid frequent journaling meetup group in where, whichever city I was in for that period of time. And and when I finally settled in Seattle um, for like, because I graduated and I finally had mm. a solid job here. And that was when I really like took it off even deeper with the podcast and like with the community and all that stuff. So that's um, amazing. And the, like you said, the growth of stationary variety has not stopped for a second no. since then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not at all. So I, we're gonna dig into more planner specific stuff later, um, including what you're what you're doing now. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> but I want to know what it was about the Hobonichi product at the time that allowed just such an expressiveness for you to not only enjoy your stationery from a personal perspective, but like, what do you enjoy the most about sharing, you know, Hobonichi layouts and spreads and things like that. I think the Hobonichi is still my ride or die planner, even up to today. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I will either it or me is going to go out first. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I love my Hobonichi. I've been using it, like I said, since 2014, never stopped using it. And I think what I love about it is how well it holds together every single day of my life and its memories and the people I've met, the things I've done all together in this sturdy, amazing binding. Like it's not even about the paper. It's the binding. Right. <laughs> like Which is like <laughs> the paper's wafer thin. Like this should not work. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then compound with obviously amazing paper, Tomorrow River paper through its up and downs. Mm. Uh, uh, and <laughs> the fountain pen compatibility, now that I'm getting into this deeper end of the stationary obsession, it's just it just holds up and it fits with everything. Everything goes into it. I'm I was able to like keep up with every page. And I think that's the best part about a hobby is to see progress, right? Like any mm-hmm. hobby or interest is to 
have evidence, physical evidence of daily growth or daily improvement or deterioration, whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> Hobonichi gives me that. Like, I know that I, just like I felt with my first Hobonichi in that gap year, I did not waste a single day of my life knowing each day in my Hobonichi, I can find something that I'm pretty like happy or proud of or can smile about. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I, I had this thought when I was putting together these notes and it, it didn't hit me until I was like actually typing these up mm-hmm. and knowing you like I do and being able to talk to you and seeing everything that you do. Yeah. Does everything with you start with the journal and then transition into the broader stationary scope. Hey, then then we have the pens and the stickers and the washi and the you know the inks and things like that. Because I was thinking about it for myself, it's it's kind of the reverse, right? Mm. When I look at the things that I like and the things that I do, yeah, I tend to start with the pen, and then you know secondarily I get into you know the paper and other things like that. Am I onto something there with with how you create things and how you use things? I think you're right. I think it does starts with the journal with me. Like mm-hmm. I've always kept a diary or journal throughout my whole life. Like even in, as a kid, we get assignments to do these like doodles, and then you write about your day. You know, I've always uh, been. Uh, I like that process, I guess, of documenting. And then when Hobonichi came along, it was like the first expensive like book <laughs> that actually made me want to like write something worthy in it. <laughs> Even though right. it didn't really like not everything is like worthy of the Hobonichi, but whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> I I love the Hobonichi because the like you said, it started with the page and the intention to record, the intention to like keep track of what's good and bad in my life and then the pens come after that like okay I can put different colors on different pages based on my moods or and then the stickers come after that because like oh these are cute I I think of stickers as collections of arts and I want to like put them into my journal because they they make me happy for for that day and it always starts with that day anyway and then anything afterwards like whenever I love collecting ephemera and then I love putting them into my Hobonichi because they make up my day. So again, it goes back to the intention of wanting to document, wanting to... Uh, Hobonichi has that saying, happy unbirthday, like, omedeto, like it's something inside the, each of the cover. It, mm-hmm. it basically means not every day has to be like the special day. It, any day could be celebrated. And so I really can relate to that. And it's just part of like, you know, my stationary hobby is this intention to capture (laughs) my day as a very normal small person in this giant world. Like I mean something, I guess. And then, (laughs) and then all the stationary surrounds the book. Yeah. Like they surround me now. (laughs) That's, okay, so that leads me into my next question. I'm, I'm going to ask for your utmost honesty in replying to this question. <laughs> How many journals and planners are you actively using right now? So who watched my video <laughs> like on YouTube? <laughs> I have a link. I have a link to the video, y'all. I have, This is a legitimate question. I have a link to, to one of April's videos. We'll put in the show notes, which y'all can check. Um, so, yeah. yeah it, so let, <laughs> let me know. I, I I need a number. Okay. So in that video, it was 10 for 2022. <laughs> okay. But I have to be honest and say I probably dropped it to eight right now. Eight. Oh, eight. oh just eight. eight okay. just, just eight. <laughs> I keep eight on a daily basis. But 
then again, like I feel like we have to like add some justifiers and like you know <laughs> explanation. Yeah, walk, walk me, walk us through this. Walk us through the eight as as best as you can. You don't have to go into like crazy detail, but give me an idea of what a day of of eight journals and planners looks like. <laughs> I know some of them are planners, some of them are notebooks, right. some of them are journals. So I don't like spend eight hours a day on each. Like on all eight <laughs> journals, right? My planner probably takes up two to five minutes of my day, and so I have like right. my plotters as my planner. I have a plotter Bible size as my everyday scheduler. I have the A5 plotter as like a work planner, which I use for all things that's related to what I do now, my job. And then I have a narrow size uh, plotter. Or keeping track of my expenses, so finance, investments, all that stuff goes in there. So that's that's three, and those are what I consider the schedulers. So I don't use them like, you know, an hour yeah. a day. Those are take up bits of pieces of my day. Yeah, it's like a little, it's like a small little fixed use time frame, and then you're done. Exactly. Um, and so on the more okay time consuming part are my journals, diaries. So my Hobonichi, obviously, that one's my like I said, my ride or die. The only thing I actually spent twenty to thirty minutes a day in, if I can, I usually catch up too. I don't really journal in it every day. Some weeks mm. I use the weekend to catch up on two to three pages. That's totally fine. Gotcha. Um, I have a Chinese diary that I was trying to do this year to really, you know, I see CY writes in amazing Chinese and I'm like, my mother tongue is like falling off. Like I, <laughs> I need to write, like I want to have better penmanship with my Chinese. So I have a, a journal for that. It's the Hours Diary, the Hour Studio okay. Diary, also by Hank's Diary. So that guy I mentioned earlier that I queued up in line for. <laughs> oh, wow. So that one. And then I have a Thinking of You journal, which is also by a Taiwanese creator. It's this elegant uh, collage journal. So that niche section in the stationary world where they collage stuff and put things together. So it looks very mm -hmm. aesthetics and beautiful. That's my thinking of you journal. So I call it like kind of my decorative and also planning some stuff for the stationary podcast journal. <laughs> so right. multiple purposes. Pur purposes. Mm -hmm. I have um, the Traverse Notebook, obviously, for when I travel. And actually, what travel is a broad term for what I do. It's kind of like if I go out to get coffee or do some cafe journaling, that's traveling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I think that's great. Yeah. Within the city, within like my blog, like I go out with Cookie, go on this extra long walk, my dog, uh, Cookie, on this long walk. That's my travel journal right there. And then what's my last one? Huh. Within my weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm looking around. I'm like, what's my last one that I've been... Keeping an eye this, on. <laughs> this is this is an emergency situation. I know. I need to pull out my YouTube video and like look, <laughs> look at the list I had on there. But yeah, no. Uh, but these are basically my week. I can't say it's like a day, but it's kind of like my week. Oh, my five-year techo, my five-year Hobonichi techo, which, okay, I'm not using that. I'm using seven planners this year. <laughs> Okay. So, okay. Let me, I was going to ask you a specific question about the five-year planner. You're not currently using it because everyone, um, you know, that follows me on my stream, yeah. the way that I write and the way that I think about things, mm -hmm. they're like, you need a three-year or a five-year. Just do it. Just do it. And I'm like, I'm super tentative, right? Because mm -hmm. I have, I don't really, I basically have two kind of writing outlets. Like I have my planner, my Hobonichi Cousin A5, mm -hmm. and then I just have a, a journal, just like a notebook that kind of everything else can go into. Yeah. Um, and it's not really segmented up more than that. And I was like, well, that would be a third thing. 
and then I start thinking about redundancy, mm. and I I don't know. So how how long had you used like one of the three year or five year journals? Have you been successful with that? Uh, Obviously, you say you're not using it now. I'm, Give me I'm some, on the some thoughts on that third year of my five year journal. So that's the okay. third year of my five year techo, and I always start strong. And then, like huh. you said, it's the redundancy. Like I just feel like I'm copying the same thing from one journal to the other, and I, right. I didn't want to do that. And so. I kind of like turned it to like my milestone journal. Like if anything okay. super significant comes up during this year, then I'll put in my five-year techo. So mm-hmm. I'm really not touching it on a daily basis. <laughs> I, yeah. I only write on it like once a month or like once every two months, <laughs> maybe. But uh, I'm on my third year. And so I was like, maybe I can go back to it again in 2023. Who knows? <laughs> Can you explain the idea, and you mentioned it a minute ago, about the using your planner or your journal uh, from a catching up perspective as opposed to pressuring yourself to do it every day? Because once I realized it was okay to catch up, mm-hmm. it just it opened up everything for me. So tell me about that. I know. Planning, journaling, writing, whatever you want to call this hobby, it's supposed to be for fun. Like, mm-hmm. if you are catching up, it's a chore, then why are you doing a second job at night? You know, like, right. seriously. Um, I love catching up in my journal because it gives me, like, a big chunk of time I can do on the weekend. That's kind of, like, my hobby time. And, you know, the Hobonichi has a day of page. So if you... Mm-hmm accidentally skip one or two a lot of people have that like blank page syndrome or fear like oh no it's staring back at me so I do this thing where I like actually take quick notes in the front I use the Hoenichi cousin so it has like weekly section so I kind Mm -hmm. of write down bullet points of the log of basically what went down that day and then in my catch-ups I get to go back and really spend more time choosing the right paper or the right sticker or the placing the right washi <laughs> tape. And then it became like an art playing section. Like, so it's really, really nice for me. Um, I love catching up. I love saying uh, that I'm about to catch up in my journals because <laughs> that means it's fun time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a good perspective to have, right? Like these these journals or planners that we all keep, it, you, it should not be pressure, right? We're yeah. doing this to relieve the pressure. Yeah. If you're putting your pressure pressure on yourself, like I always put pressure on myself. Well, today is this date. And if I don't do something on this date, I failed. Mm. And I used to think that way. And once I got over that and realized that it's okay to catch up or it's okay to skip a day here and there, as long as it's not regular, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that it just freed me up to actually enjoy grabbing this notebook and doing doing something I like to do. So yeah, I, I think that's a really good perspective to have. Yeah, exactly. In, in the bigger picture of catching up, I've noticed like on your du- you, YouTube channel, um, you will do basically an annual or a, a twice a year catch a re- review of what you're doing. Can you tell me about like the, the Techo Kaiji? Is that the yeah, proper techo, pronunciation? Techo Kaigi. Um, Kaigi. Yeah. Techo Kaigi is a Japanese word. And I think uh, mm-hmm. it's the stationary community or the journaling community in Japan made it up or they mm-hmm. use Kaigi means meeting. So if you are having a meeting about anything, you put like the the noun in front of it. So techo means planners or journals or notebooks. So it's just us who are really obsessed with like owning multiple books. 
have, having a sit down and a talking to with ourselves about what uh, <laughs> what I'm planning to use for next year, what I did or did not like this year, you know, what I want to improve on this year. So Techo Kaigi, I do that in November, right before the new year. And I also do one in the middle of the year to kind of like reflect like my number went down from like 10 to 7, right? So <laughs> uh, why did that happen? So Tetrakaiki is super fun though because you think of possibilities uh, for each book you own because we are all chronic notebook owners and we have multiple. <laughs> so so it's fun to do that um, and to really kind of like think about how you want to be intentional about your stuff. And I think that's much better than just like buying stuff and then putting them into a shelf and then I think I'll use it for something the other day and then like never go back to it. So (laughs) so Techo Kaigi is really, really fun. And I recommend it for anyone who wants to think intentionally about anything you own. You can have a pen Kaigi. You can have a washi tape. Stash Kaigi. <laughs> yeah. That kind of stuff. Maybe that's kind of what I'm doing with the kind of uh, thinning out how many fountain pens I own. Maybe Didn't I'm just you just taking, buy like, that case and, and then you're doing yes. the whole like kind of yeah. pick? Um, We're going to audit it down to yeah. 100 fountain pens kind of thing. I think so. audit is a great word for Kaigi. Mm-hmm. Audit is a great translation for Kaigi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, if it's yep. in English, it would be a planner audit. <laughs> Yep, yep, mm-hmm. exactly. All right, that is that is unbelievable how you manage all that and get to go back through all the planners. That is definitely something I have to look into, but maybe it is this pen thing that, I, that I'm that i doing that gets me into this whole audit flow that uh, <laughs> I need to uh, I need to figure out for myself. So I want to talk about a specific planner that you are directly involved in. I, I have some questions about a certain bl- brand uh, called Plotter. And uh, I think you are you might be the right person to ask. But before I do that, I want to tell everyone about our good friends at Squarespace who are sponsoring this episode of The Pen Addict. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, your services, even the content you create. Squarespace has got you covered. With Squarespace, you can use insights to grow your business. If you ever wondered where your visits and sales are coming from, which channels are most effective, you can analyze all of that in Squarespace. Once you have the data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. You can also sell your products on an online store. That's something I do with the Pen Addict. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online and you can it's also my preferred blogging platform squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories photos videos and updates you'll be able to categorize share and schedule your posts to make content work for you Uh, i'm obviously a huge fan we've been using squarespace here uh, at the pen addict for the longest time and i appreciate everything that they do so Listeners of The Pen Addict can get a free trial at Squarespace. Head over to squarespace.com slash pen addict. Uh, no credit card is required. And if you're ready to launch, if you like what you see and want to continue on, use the offer code pen addict to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So head over to squarespace.com slash pen addict. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code pen addict, all one word, to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support. Thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Tell me 
how Plotter came into your life. Ah, Plotter. It came unexpectedly. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a ring person. I, I, mm-hmm. I, want, I don't want to use the word hate, but I really don't like ring planners. <laughs> it's different. It's different, right? So yeah. just to set the stage for people who don't know, Plotter is, t- tell us what Plotter is is and then uh, i kind of led you down like the 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 secondary question but for people who don't know what is what is a plotter or what is the brand plotter so yes plotter is an analog system that makes daily creative work enjoyable for people it's a it's a six ring um soon to be five ring um letter ring binder uh from japan so it's uh, a sister company to the other well-known brand, Traveler's Company, <laughs> Traveler's mm-hmm. Notebook. Uh, mm-hmm. But Plotter um, started out five years ago, and it's this creative and, in my opinion, very new kind of like ring planner journal notebook experience for mm-hmm. people who are looking into an organizer, uh, a scheduler, a diary, a notebook that can make you, you know, feel more in control with whatever project or and then inspires your creativity when you are working on them. I, I love Plotter. And like you asked, how did I get yeah. to know Plotter? I didn't. And it all started actually, the, the, the origin story is that I interviewed Yuri, who is my boss now at Design Film America, um, last year, November? Oh, no, sorry, 2020. November, I did a podcast episode for the Stationery Cafe um, mm-hmm. um, with Yuri about Traveler's Notebook. And so we got to talk a little bit afterwards, mm-hmm. like a few times. She was like, oh, she would really love my take about the stationery scene, especially the journaling one. And then that that winter, she gifted me a plotter, an A5 Leashiel leather plotter as a gift, like a Christmas gift for all the help I've helped her with. Like, I, I don't think they're like true consulting sessions because I was just going <laughs> off about like, oh, I love this guy. I love the fanatic. I love these people. You know, I was just, <laughs> I was just doing my usual like stationary talk. But right. then I got to try it and I was like, wow, this is very, very nice. Um, my first luxury planner journal item, like probably the most expensive I've owned since then. Mm-hmm. And then um, the next year, February, she suddenly hit me up and was like, April, do you want to interview for a job at Design Film America? And I'm like, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, hook, line, and sinker. I'm officially now in the stationery industry working nice. for Design Film America. And one of the first big projects actually was not, I didn't actually work on the Travers Company side at all in that beginning of months, but mm-hmm. I was tasked with introducing Plotter to the US market because it's it's actually a really new brand. Like Plotter is a spinoff from Knox, K-N-O-X, which is another ring leather binder product brand under the, the design fill arc in japan mm-hmm. and it's only like five years old so very new but yuri saw the potential and i was like this is going to be something new <laughs> over here you know compared to what's available right now um an upgrade in many ways in terms of like quality <laughs> Yeah. Not trying to like uh, say bad things about anyone else, but I didn't have any <laughs> good ring experience, <laughs> to be honest, like in the past uh, in the US. So, yeah. 
So yeah, I got to kind of learn more about Plotter. I got to like, you know, talk with the director a lot about his vision for Plotter. And then we, I, I started the job in May and when we were launching Plotter in September. So four short months <laughs> to really get it all together. And it was, it was the whirlwind of my life, to be honest, my stationary life. <laughs> yeah. And, and fortunately I got to be part of that, just kind of the, like the, the user experience, like the pre-launch user experience uh, program. You know, I was, I was fortunate to you know, get to take an early look at the pro- at the plotter, everything it could do, everything it offered, um, and provide feedback to you and Yuri and the rest of the team who were working on the U.S. launch. And, and like you said, it's kind of only been its own thing in Japan for like five years, you mm-hmm. said, and yeah. then bringing it over. That that's really is a pretty short time frame in the ways things in the way things go. So, how do you think the launch went? for y'all in the US? I think it went great. And then really like I kudos to everyone who helped me during that beginning month when we had the supporter program, which you kind of talked about and mentioned. So mm-hmm. I felt like the product deserves the feedback uh, for its quality. And it's like the experience itself. Like I've been on the other side of the coin. I, I have a large following on Instagram for my stationary stuff. So people reach out to me to give me like, Hey, would you want to try this product? Do you want to, you know, try this? We'll give it to you for free. And they mm-hmm. never follow up with me. Like <laughs> I, I literally <laughs> like, they just want me to show it off on Instagram. That's it. <laughs> and so right. I felt like in the end, I, I started turning down people. I was like, I don't know if mm-hmm. I can like commit to like really say good things about this if I don't like the product and I don't want to waste it by you sending a whole thing to me and not use it. So when we started out with like the promotion program and then also just kind of introducing it to the market, I was like, I need to find people who would really appreciate this, who would really Mm -hmm. give me good feedback. And, you know, Plotter is a lettering binder that we say are for creative work, but it could honestly go beyond artists and designers and go apply to anyone who work in any industry because I feel like everyone does creative things every day in their own mm-hmm. like job. So I reached out to you and then to a lot of other people like project mm-hmm. managers, you know, like a lot of uh, in the architecture firm, he, Eric Gama, he's like a planner for like mm-hmm. planning out like quotations and stuff. So not really super designing, but a lot of math included. So right. just a variety of people uh, in the community that I know appreciates good things, but also ha- represents a degree of growth in their own career, in their own industry. And I want to like get their feedback on how Plotter can help them or be a part of their professional growth and journey. And it really like made me learn a lot of stuff about everyone, to be honest. <laughs> In each conversation, I got to learn about what people care about when it comes to a work planner or a notebook they use for their professional life work. I got to learn about the nuances of what they do, you know, to get things done, you know, or get things done in an efficient way. And it, I learned so much and I felt like I did Plotter good by like giving it the feedback it deserves. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's not new for Japanese company to do this. Um, Right. And I I feel strongly about like reflecting back the U.S. market experience 
because we're right now only doing the U.S. market, back mm-hmm. to the Japanese people because they could be like very set in like what they expect people you do or use, especially since. Japan is just super mature in terms of like stationary, you know, like they right. expect people to do use a certain product in a certain way. And that's just how it always been. But I want the Japan team to know that, hey, we there's a group of people here that cares about stationary, but they may not use it the way you think they use stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's a thing I'm still trying to like push for design fill. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate the community every day for helping me learn that or letting me lurk in a way. <laughs> Just kind of <laughs> like, you know, seeing the different variety of things that ca- catches people's attention and what people truly care about. So, yeah. Yeah, I thought the experience, I've never been through an experience like that as far as, you know, just kind of like the preview and how thorough and detailed you and your team were in finding out how I specifically and and broader a lot of people use the plotter and I was impressed like and that's probably selling it short it was just a master class (laughs) in like product research and I was like I, it was so, it was so enjoyable to go through that, even though it may not have been as enjoyable for you because like <laughs> yeah. my, I, I wasn't always the most responsive. Was like Brad, these dates are coming up, and this is this is you know. <laughs> no, what I, I need enjoyed for you. it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you enjoyed chasing Brad through the internet <laughs> to get my answers, but no, it it was the way it was executed was I'm still thinking about that experience in a, in a positive way. And to have that type of support system behind a product, I just think makes you want to support that product even more, right? Those That type of work shows in the end results of the product, even though you may not technically be you know, manufacturing the product or, or whatever. The type of people who work behind the scenes, I think really help guide the products as a broader idea and those types of things translate that attention to detail mm-hmm. in, you know, our preview work and, you know, um, all that initial testing, it, it, those results bear out in the end when it's, it's time for launch. And I just thought it was just such a great process. Um, and I, hopefully I told you that before, but if not, I'm telling you now that that was, uh, a really unique experience and a very, I took a lot of positive stuff away from that. So how do you think and the team at Plotter, would you do a process like that again for like a full launch or smaller launches? Or was that kind of like, hey, let's get the big launch out of the way and then we'll go from there? We kind of did it here and there still continuously, even with mm-hmm. our gradual launches, because mm-hmm. in the beginning, we didn't introduce all the sizes and so you've right. seen we had introduced the mini size uh, earlier this year and soon finally the mini five size and the team back in Japan is still innovating. So they are coming up with new new products all the time. And I feel like it's a matter of like, yeah, really wanting to make sure each release gets the attention it deserves. So I do like while balancing work at Traverse Company and Plotter, I do try to uh, do more of these research experiments. And um, I'm I'm super excited about the pen shows that's coming up because 
um, we are really trying to get the director, uh, plotter, to be able mm-hmm. to come here and visit and like oh, see nice. everyone at the San Francisco Pen Show. The only hindrance is obviously COVID, so we don't know. That's like right. the only thing that's kind of keeping the plans from being nailed down. But when he comes, I think it would be a really cool kind of moment or experience for people to really meet him because he's like this super passionate passionate guy about his work. Is the, mm-hmm. the, he's the one who went to Italy and sourced the leather. He's the one who comes up with the design. The whole idea about, you know, downsizing to make your work more efficient because, you know, plotter is a ring binder, but it uses these mini rings, right? So mm-hmm. instead of the the usual conception of ring planners is like the all-in-one, it's more of all you need, <laughs> you know? Like yeah. you really can move things in and out and he... He promotes the cycle of like using the ring planner as a cycle of ideas where you are free to put it down anytime, but then also free to remove them and bank them for when it comes to fruition, like maybe a few months later. And the plotter, the product of his genius, like is that, is that it's a slim, Mm -hmm. elegant leather product solution that grows with your growth. And then at the same time, helps elevate your daily work and keeps your ideas like always fresh and exciting. So I'm super excited. Uh, and I, I have not met him in person as well. So I'm like, I want him to see oh, nice. the people that really likes his product here in the U.S. I want him to like share his methods and we may or may not have some fun customization event if he does come um, to the San Francisco <laughs> Pen Show. So <laughs> yeah. it's going to be great. It's going to be the next kind of like step in the plotter growth in the U.S., I think. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it from a product that I use and how I can use it better and what would work for me. And I'm thinking I'm, I've been thinking about in San Francisco and seeing you there and picking up one of the smaller size plotters, either the Bible size or the mini Because I would like a very, I think what I would benefit most is having some of the portability from it as opposed to, say, like a traditional A5 size, which I think, you know, would work better in a different situation. Yeah. I think I would get a a lot more day-to-day usefulness so i'm gonna i'm gonna look at that in in san francisco uh any anything else i should be you know keeping my eyes peeled for in san francisco even though i said it's been like five years it kind of like started and towards the end of i think 2017 so we're we're hitting our official fifth year anniversary soon so we may or may not have some cool stuff to preview (laughs) during the san francisco pen show for our fifth year anniversary for Plotter. And they nice. they were originally going to just do in Japan, but I was like, the global market deserves it too. Like the US market <laughs> wants it too. Specifically me. <laughs> I want it. So. <laughs> right. So we're bringing, we're bringing it to the pen show. I like that someone, you know, within the walls has our back. You know, thank you for having our back. <laughs> I advocate for stuff that I, to be honest, that I want. So... <laughs> So yeah, that's a, that's I'm, exactly right. I'm exactly excited. right. So, um, last year at the San Francisco Pen Show, um, is that that was the official plotter launch? That right? was. So, so this will be a year from now. Are you going to any other pen shows or anything like that in the U.S.? We'll also be heading over to D.C. earlier in the month. DC okay. Pen Show. So we'll bring both Plotter and um, Traveler's Company as well, and. 
um, recruiting a few helpers, Toasty Treat, <laughs> Kelly, to be with us at the booth. And they both are like experienced Potter and Traverse Stoker users. So I'm excited to have some Definitely. fun time over there at the DC Pen Show because I... I've never been to that one, and I heard it's one of the biggest. And to be honest, I'm a little intimidated, but I, I know everyone's <laughs> going to take care of me. So I absolutely, I look forward to it. <laughs> it's like that's a yes on both accounts. Yes, it can be imitating. Yes, you will be t- be uh, taken care of. So yeah, it'll it'll be fun. It, it'll certainly be fun. So yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh to seeing you in person out in San Francisco and I know everyone in uh DC will will love checking out the goods. So are you doing um so you're you work for the the broader design fill company. So are you working on Travelers products as well as Plotter now? That's right. Um last year we launched the special US limited edition uh let's go on a road trip uh refills for Travelers company. Mm-hmm. And they're like these letterpress, regular inserts and passport size inserts. And they're my babies and I love them so much. <laughs> I, I used I used up like two already and I'm like working on my third one. But Traverse Company this year had a special limited sets. I don't know if you've like seen them. The 2022 mm-hmm. limited sets that came out with four designs, four boxed sets featuring right. Traveler's Hotel, Traveler's Train, Traveler's Plane, Traveler's Airlines, sorry, and Traveler's Records. And I think it's so cool that they really expanded the universe of Traveler's Company, uh, specifically during the pandemic, because they know how hard it is for people to not have that Traveler's experience that you associate with Traveler's Notebook. Right. But also encouraging people to experience it through their own imagination, through their daily life, you know. You don't have to travel to faraway places for your experiences to be significant. It could be like any little encounters during your day and then you envision it and then you would be at Traveler's Hotel. You would be flying it with Traveler's Airline. You'd be listening from stuff from Traveler's Records and taking the Traveler's Train. So I I love this series so much. And when it launched in April, I was overwhelmed with the reception as well. Like all the retailers that we have in the U.S. sold mm-hmm. out like the day off or the yeah, second wow. day off. And it's been amazing. <laughs> well, one of these years, I need to meet whoever writes about music for Travelers, especially like the Traveler's Diary uh, on- online. They have exquisite music tastes uh, that line up very well with mine. <laughs> so Mr. <I'm> Ijima-san, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, he could come too. I think he couldn't make it to the pen show this year because he has other gotcha. events as well. But sure. he he's the mastermind. He's the executive director of um, Traveler's Company. And mm-hmm. the things that comes out of his head oh my goodness for these past years i'm fascinated right like i look at this i'm like are you talking directly to me (laughs) (laughs) nice i'm glad it's pretty great it's pretty great it's pretty great all right so we've we've talked about plotter and 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 travelers i want to get back to to talking about some of the stuff that you're into Mm -hmm. and i'm going to put you on the spot here maybe for the rest of the show and i'm going to make you choose i'm gonna make you choose some things I know your answer is going to be all of them, but I'm going to make you choose your favorite journal. If you are leaving tomorrow to go to the DC pen show and you're working, you know, you've got all the plotter stuff, you've got all the traveler stuff, but your personal stuff, what's the one notebook or journal or planner that you are 100% bringing and then everything else gets, has to stay behind. 
Uh, the it has to be the I guess the Traveler's Notebook. I I yeah. usually don't take my Hobonichi on trips because okay. it's bulky and heavy and like sure. adds unnecessary weight, especially if it's like pen shows. And right. I was recently on a trip to Taiwan, and I had to make that same hard decision. Like, I'm going to be oh, okay. in Taiwan for a, a month and a half. What notebook do I take with me to document my days there? <laughs> and Traveler's Notebook won out. Um, my Olive edition, a very special edition that's not being mm-hmm. produced anymore, Traverse Notebook. Um, Don't email April <laughs> for it. I'm not, not selling it ever. <laughs> <laughs> so that and, like I said, the limited edition refills that I've just been going through, It's it's got an awesome letterpress cover and dot grid uh, MD cream insert. So it's just super useful. So I'll, I'll definitely be bringing that to the pen show. I mean, you're, you guys can even probably buy it, the pen show, the inserts, but not the Olive cover. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave it laying on the table. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, no. I'm going to lock it, like, under my arms the it, whole time. <laughs> I used to do that with Knock. I would bring, like, my favorite pen case just to have, like, some of my pens in there. Mm-hmm. And it would be a color that we did, like, three years ago that no one could get. People and I would, would leave it on it the table. Yeah, like, they'd be like, I want that one. I'm like, oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I learned, it took me like a year or two to learn. It's like, I can't leave that stuff out on the table. <laughs> I just get myself in trouble. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So what uh, we haven't, I don't know that we've mentioned a single pen or writing implement this entire show, um, which goes to show how, how much you believe in the, the journals first and everything, <laughs> I'm everything a pen, expands I'm from a there. I'm a pen nerd too. Like, I know you are. I know but... you are. So what are your, what are your favorites? I won't make you pick a single favorite because that's way too broad of a category. What do, what do you like to write with like in your travelers or like, do you use fountain pens only in your Hobonichi or you use anything? So tell me a little bit about your favorite, uh, pens. I don't discriminate except I don't mm-hmm. use ballpoints. So, (laughs) but anything else is ghosts. And so I love my fountain pens. And I I did pick one um, before ahead of the show. And it's this gorgeous green apresque from the Sailor Cocktail Series, a Mm -hmm. a full-size pro gear and in an M nib. And it's my current favorite for the past two months already since I inherited it secondhand from another friend in a community. <laughs> oh, that's a great pen. I love I mean, it so just... much. And it turned yeah. me off Pro Gear Slims and I'm on fully on the full size Pro Gear train now. <laughs> yeah. I mean I I I mean I think that's the correct decision. I like <laughs> the small 1911s, but I need the full size Pro Gear. Right. Like that's kind of my if I'm gonna have a small one, I like the 1911 S, but the Pro Gear, I need the I need the full. So yeah. I'm with you on that. What what are you what are you inking it up with? What's has the, have you used the same ink or or do you like to mix it up? You know, you I, I mix it up. Converter. I, yeah. I do have a lot of green inks. Green is one of my favorite colors. If uh, people in the community knows about it, but currently it's got I, I think it's one of the greens from the to no Kyono Oto ink. Okay, that really mm-hmm. vibrant green called. Oh shoot! It's escaping me. The mm, 
I forgot. That's the fine. Name. I can. We can. We'll look it up and put it put it in the notes afterwards. So everyone it's knows. It's similar I don't know to the, the Wagayusu of the sailor. You know that okay. very like bright grass green. People yeah, are gonna yell at have, me. <laughs> no, because I'm sitting here wrecking my brain because I only have like kind of the mossy Kiyonoto one, and I can't. So I can't even think of the names. No, no, no. This is one of the the, the brighter bright green mm-hmm. ones, similar to that that cannery yellow green, and it's it looks so good in my Apriski right now. Um, what what type of uh what type of nibs do you like in your in your fountain pens? Do you like the fine ones or do you like a broader? A, a broader nib. I've I'm mm-hmm. a M nib or nothing person. Oh, that's right. You said that. Earlier. <laughs> yep. Yep. I I used when I first started acquiring expensive fountain pens. To me, expensive is like a sailor pro gear. You know, like yeah, they're two hundred yeah. to four hundred dollars. Absolutely. And for a while, they used to only have them available in like MF nibs, which is mm-hmm. like a little bit lower between the F and the M and I didn't like them as much. And then since then I've been tuning all of my MF nib pens to an M nib. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just love that ink flow experience. Like fine is great for Chinese writing because we have a Mm -hmm. lot of strokes in the character. So I started out with fine, but now that I'm like fully writing English on a daily basis, I just love the broad nibs. And I recently got one of my pens to be ground to an architect. So I guess that's another rabbit hole. (laughs) That is, that is. I was just thinking to myself, when I go to San Francisco, I'm going to have so much nib work I want done. (laughs) (laughs) I've been busy buying pens and now I'm trying to refine the pens that I have. So I want to take the ones that I enjoy the most and make them the best writing experience I can. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm working on myself. So getting getting those nibs tweaked. So yeah, that is a complete rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm scared now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in too many holes. I can't like open another one. <laughs> well, then tell me tell me about this one because I think this could actually be opening a, a pretty big rabbit hole. Anything that goes in your notebook that's not a writing instrument. So accessories, tapes, stickers, like, do you have favorite things you always have handy? Do you have a, do you have a kit you keep at your desk that is all of the <laughs> accessory type stuff for I'm your planners and notebooks? Multiple kits of different categories <laughs> of stuff. I literally have a tin case of washi tape with like 30 mm-hmm. washi tapes in front of me. And then those five tier Muji clear acrylic case filled with rubber stamps. And then like, I... On the left side of me are five like sticker sheet organizers from Michaels, all filled. So <laughs> it's hard to pick. No mm. stickers. I guess stickers. I love stickers yeah. so much, <laughs> and they're cheap yep. to acquire. And you know, it's it's always like, ah, oh, it's just like two dollars. I can get some, and then suddenly you're checking out with like a sixty dollar cart <laughs> on cute things from Japan. So. <laughs> Listeners, you will relate. <laughs> oh, I, I'm laughing because I completely relate. And I'm laughing because our listeners are going, oh, yeah, she is. That is exactly right. <laughs> that is exactly right. Yeah. Um, changing the subject, you made me you made me think of this. And you mentioned it before about your, your trip to Taiwan. Did you did you pack an extra suitcase just for the return trip? Or was it uh, did or did you not go uh, too busy to really go? deep into the stationary are you hole. kidding me i came back <laughs> with like <laughs> three suitcases full of stationery and two extra boxes each seven pounds each that I have to ship back separately <laughs> oh my god i went you're ham my new best you're my new best friend <laughs> I, I went ham on this trip and it's 
it's sad because I can't even say that I was deprived of stationery in the past two years because I mm -hmm. never stopped buying. <laughs> but right. I went back to Taiwan this time. The last time I was back was 2018. And so it's been a while. And the stationery scene in Taiwan is like insane and like peak right now. And I couldn't hold back. You know how like mm -hmm. you went on that trip to New York and Toronto mm -hmm. and you had like a day when you just like went to three to four yep. stationery stores? Yep. So I had several days of that. And then like mm -hmm. one specific day where I went to 12 stationery stores Whoa. in Taichung from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. My friend had a car and we were just like treasure map hunting, like stop here, get in the car, get off the car, go in here, came out to the next stationery store. And it was... The best experience of my life. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So, so here's here's a business idea for anyone out there: is uh, stationary tour vacations. Yeah, yeah. and uh, me, <laughs> me and uh, April and I will be your your trial your trial a uh, guide. <laughs> we we hold zero responsibilities for your wallet. <laughs> you have to sign a disclaimer before you sign up to the tour. <laughs> so yeah. just just randomly um, being able to hit up 12 stores in a day uh in, in taiwan the fact that that's actually doable to a lot of us like that mentality like you know someone like myself in the u.s in the mm -hmm. middle of no nowhere like that's not an <laughs> option i could drive if i if i got in my car mm -hmm. and i drove three hours in any direction <laughs> right now i would not hit a stationary store does not it, even a, a staples <laughs> uh, i would no i would hit a yeah i would hit an office supply store <laughs> But just that level of um, yeah. of access in in the Asian market is just unparalleled, right? A lot of people say Japan is the place to go, but mm -hmm. I feel like your wallet is in a bigger risk if you're in Taiwan, because <laughs> Japan has like a lot of stationery everywhere, but mm -hmm. they are pricier, in my opinion, like the stuff. And in Taiwan. You not only have the Japan stuff because it's close for export and import, and then you also have the Taiwanese stuff, and then you also have the bookstores, and you also have the chains and the independent creators and the flea markets that happens like every weekend, like in multiple spots. It's very scary to live as a stationary <laughs> addict in Taiwan. <laughs> I would need a month and a half just to just to be able to like keep my sanity and then still probably not to be enough. I didn't even hit, hit up all the fountain pen places. Like I found out about several fountain places that were literally a 10 minutes walk from my home, like on wow. the last two days. And wow. I was like, I can't go in there. I can't, <laughs> like, it's too uh, scary. <laughs> so, oh, well, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad we got to talk about that a little bit. So let's, let's wrap it up on this. What's, what's next for you? What's next for the, the penguins creative, uh, uh, side of of you know what you're what you're doing you know you've got the stationary cafe podcast you're streaming on twitch you're all over youtube and instagram um <laughs> what what are you enjoying and what what's uh what's coming up on on all of your all of your channels which we'll have linked in the show notes for everyone to go check out <laughs> well i i'd say like 2020 was the year of starting the podcast the stationary cafe podcast and i think i talked about it in the pen the friends mm -hmm. of the pen show episode really mm -hmm. due to you that i really got to want to create a podcast because like i exclusively listened to you guys like for three years mm -hmm. and it's like i want more like m-o-a-r more <laughs> right. so i started a podcast in 2020 and then got a spin-off discord on it in 2021 
where we have this community of people who just like listens to the podcast and then talks about the stuff. And then we kind of all branch towards Twitch. You know, we were all streaming stationary now. We actually got the stationary tags available on Twitch for us, which yes. is a big deal. You can, if you search journaling or like planning or stationary or writing, you'll find us. And this year, I really like just really had Steve in like working with Design for America and really bringing about a lot more new projects, I think. Um, so I'm, I feel like I'm super busy this year yeah. because I'm both balancing the Stationery Cafe podcast. I had to dial down the frequency because we were doing two <laughs> episodes a week. You're very prolific. <laughs> <laughs> With the happy hour and like yep. my guest interviews. So I'm like slowing down on there, really focusing more on our Patreon uh, page for the Stationery Cafe for people to support me and Kelly that way, who's my co-host for the happy hour. Um Working mostly with Design for America to bring more cool things for Traverse Company and Plotter. Um, I don't know what's next. I feel like there's going to be a you know, new stationery to sweep me away or new things for me to focus on. But I'm just going to take whatever come at me and just kind of yeah. go with the flow, I guess. <laughs> Well, if there's anyone that can handle it, it's you. You're an inspiration. I'm a super fan. Um, I, I really, really think you're doing just a, a fantastic job. And it's just so great to see your fingerprint over everything in this stationary community. And I think it's fantastic. And I really, really appreciate you taking the time to come on because, I mean, you just listed off how busy you are and you made time to come on here and spend an hour with me uh, chatting about uh, how many notebooks you have using at one time? No, this is pure like hour of joy right now. Like <laughs> just being able to talk about stationery with yep. like my like the podcast I admire the most. Like this is this is an amazing experience. <laughs> I cannot turn down. So <laughs> yeah, we could just have another just like recorded conversation for the next two hours, just like talking about random stuff and me not not trying to do a show, <laughs> just us talking about stationery. So <laughs> maybe we can do that during the pen show. Who knows? You know, the I San Francisco think, pen show. <laughs> I think that has to be a plan. That has mm -hmm. to be a plan. Yeah. All right, April. I will have all of the links in the show notes. Anything you want to to plug outside of uh, everything you you already mentioned and and already do? No, I think you covered everything. <laughs> all right. Well, we got it. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you all of our listeners for listening. Um, again, we'll find you'll find the links to everywhere that uh, Penguins Creative is and all of April's work and everything plotter and travelers and design fill in the show notes until next week say goodbye april goodbye <laughs> <laughs>